Turn with me to uh, the book of Colossians. We're going to put on the Lord Jesus tonight. Amen. Well, we're going to put him on. That's what we're doing now. And we, we, the reason we go through a series like this is because it has continuity. We can pick up where we left off. We don't have to start all over every time, although it seems like that's what I do sometimes. Here's the truth about the new birth. I, everyone in here has been born again for forever, except Matthew, and he's been born again since he was born, so practically. So it's, it's all relative. We understand it, and so you would say, why do we have to go over these basics? Because something went through the, the thing I just talked about, went through this man's mind, where when I sat down with him in that room, he just, he just started saying, there's a rich man sitting down next to me. I mean, that's, that was everything about him. And uh, it's, it's good to prosper. It's good. But the new birth, you, you remember those pictures that they have that the old Renaissance and uh, pictures that the, that the greats painted? And they would always put a halo around Mary and Jesus. You know, they saw that. When, when they paint demonic pictures of demons and terrible evil things, they're painting them by memory. They saw those things. Those are real. And the halo that was around these, they saw that on people. And that's what's on you. You are so supercharged at, a, at the new birth that there is a aura, there is a, a, a halo, as it were, that doesn't just go around the head, but goes all over us. What did they say to you this weekend? shopping store clothing store. Oh, yeah. And when I walked in, I could hear the voice of a really lovely Jamaican woman speaking. It's a small women's store with a huge black belt or something. And she said, uh, when I got ready, because I shopped for quite a while, and I could hear her talking to the cashiers, and when I got through, I went choosing the clothes, and I tried on clothes and everything, I went up to pay for the clothing that I was going to purchase and she was at the at the register and uh, and she stepped back and I said oh no you were ahead of me and she said no ma'am she said do you know that you have a light shining brightly on you I've been watching you while you were in the store and I will not go before you Amen. she said I just want to stand here in your presence Amen. 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 So something we've had, as long as we've had it, can become common and familiar. Do y'all know that? You know, you, a car or a bicycle or, or whatever. And uh, uh, we get used to it and we begin to, to not take it for its value. If you took something that we would call common out of your garage, like a bicycle, and take it to certain nations and bestow it, give it to somebody, you'd be, the, you'd be like a god to that family because it would be so amazing. 
I wrote this down. You've heard it before. You may have done what they said you did, but you are not what, who they say you are. Amen. So we, we're, we, in Colossians, it says uh, in chapter 3, I had you turn there, but then we're not going to read it. Uh, in verse uh, 9, it says, uh, Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man. I've put on the new man. Say it with me. I've put on the new man. Again, I've put on the new man. Well, if you can put off the old man and put on the new man, then there's, there's faith involved. The uh, we says, having stripped off and away from yourselves and for your own advantage, the old, antiquated, outworn, decrepit, useless man, that person you were before you were saved, with his evil practices and having clothed yourself with the new man, the person that you are after you are saved, who is constantly being renewed. I'm constantly being renewed, aren't we? We sit under the word tonight. You sat under the word this morning when you got up. You, you rehearsed the word today as you went through your day. You may have quoted off of a card on your mirror or your refrigerator the Lord brought scripture up to you uh, today when you were in a situation and you, it reminded you of the answer or the word to that. Who is constantly being renewed with the resulting advanced and perfect experiential knowledge. Hey, that's pretty thorough. Which is according to the image of the one who created him. Which is according to the image of the one who created him. Which is according to the image of the one who created him. We're made in his image. We're created in his image. So the new birth, how, how hard is it to get born again? Well, it's the easiest thing on the, in the kingdom. And it's the most challenging thing of the kingdom. Uh, the word says all you have to do is, if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Well, that's the easy just open your yapper and get after it. But on the other hand, to fulfill, confess the Lord Jesus. The, the word there is the word master. We, we like Lord. That's kind of got a ecclesiastical sound to it. But master has negative connotations in our society. As someone that is absolutely in charge of every part of your life. The Lord sounds kind of lenient and kind of like, ah, go ahead. I told you do this, but if you didn't do it, that's okay. Well, the word master doesn't sound that way. And so we, but that's how, listen, that's how everything that you will approach in the faith realm is, is exactly the pattern that is in Romans chapter 10. If thou will confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, that's all there is to it. If you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus about healing. You're Lord, you're master, you're the ruler of my life. I have no thought apart from you. I have no intentions that I don't run through you. So, wow. And there's a halo on you. And like Deborah said, it was more than just on the head. It's on all of us. And, and people at times can see it. You know, Brother Hagin had eight visions where he stepped off into a supernatural realm and received things from the Lord Jesus. We ought to be having encounters, don't you think? 
If, but the only reason he would mention stuff to us that we didn't know is if there was an intention on our part to fulfill something. And so concerning the new birth, how many of y'all know you had to want it? You had to want it. I mean, you're like, I don't know how to pray and I don't know what does Jesus go in there and God go in there and if, forgive me of my sins go in there. Where's everything go? Well, mostly you just open your mouth and say, I want it. You, you might mention you're a sinner. You might mention, you know, acknowledge and agree with your old state so you can change. But even in that, you're saying, I don't want the old man that I was. I, I want it. And then think about when you got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Well, there's a lot of nuances, a lot of things and details, but really it could have happened sooner, but it didn't really happen until you wanted it. And healing's the same way. You got to want it. Well, I'll take it. Oh, it's on sale. Uh, you get two of these for the same price as one. Well, I'll take two. It's not like that. You got to want it. Which means there's a lot of times there's pursuit involved. There's dealing with maybe sin in your life or something that you're not comfortable with so much. Not so much the Lord's mad at you, but it's like, you know, I, I really want this out of my life. And so we we clean up or we align or we set ourselves in motion so that we can get healed. It's really not that theological to get healed any more than it's so theological to get born again. You got to get your money right. You, you want to prosper? You can't ask for it. But you just purpose in your heart. Hey, Lord, I, I want to I serve you. And if you gave me some, I'd, I'd serve you with it. You might not ever say that, but that's every intention is in us, isn't it? So the main thing here is that Christians are converted and then filled with the very same nature as God Almighty, the creator of the universe is. Now, you can't you can't go there in your head. You may say you can, but you you you, you just have to accept that in your spirit, that that's the word. That's truth. That's how it happened. And everything else will line up to that. But there's never been any precedent for that. There's no other religion that says if you'll go with us, we're the we're the hokey pokey religion. If you'll go with us, well, then, you know, just bow down here and bring bananas to that. And and, you know, but this God says, I want children. And to do that, I have to make them they have to be like me. It's it's just it's just like it doesn't conform to anything that demon gods come up with. And the reason is, is they can't fulfill it. They can't make it happen. But he did. And so it uh, it. The new birth, we talked about how personal it is, how personal it is. Let's just close our eyes just for a moment. And in your own breath. Just thank the Lord that you're born again. How, how, how easy it would have been to miss it. But Lord, we just thank you right now for the new birth. We thank you, Lord, that Jesus made a way where there was absolutely no way. And, and then you found me. You found me. Lord, you, you chased me down and, and you, you moved in my heart so that I wanted what you were offering. And I knew it was you. And I thank you, Lord, that I'm a child of God. I'm a son of righteousness. I'm I'm changed, Lord. I'm not that that I was. 
And Lord, we give you all praise for the simplest and the most basic of all things, the new birth. But Lord, there's nothing happening without it. And we give you thanks, Lord, tonight that we're born again, that we are absolutely and irretrievably born again. It happened. It happened. It happened to me. Amen. Amen. In, uh, in John 5, 26, we looked at it Sunday. Let me just read it to you. It says in the cotton patch, for the father, for as the father is a life bearer, so has he made the son a life bearer. Uh, the other version says, for the father being as he is the source of life has made the son the same source of life. So here we have God, the source of life, that word zoe, that word which is absolute life. You know, they talk about absolute light. There's no darkness. There's no shadow. There's no, there's no glimmer of darkness anywhere. It's absolutely light. Well, he's absolutely life. And then the word says he, he could transmit it. And we don't know exactly how it works in the Trinity and the Godhead, but nevertheless, it says that Jesus became a life transmitter after he received or as he received or whatever, the life from the Father. So the Zoe life of God it was in Jesus. You good with that? You good with that, Pam? He is. We're, we're not debating that tonight. We're just saying that when Jesus walked the earth, he was a life transmitter. And uh, whatever the father was, Jesus said, if you've seen him, you've, you're, you're looking at him. But because you, even though you're looking at me as he is, so am I. We even know that out of first John. As he is, so are we. So we are also life transmitters. The very same thing that the father moved into Jesus and Jesus moved into, to, uh, into his power, his ministry. It came on us. The new birth transmitted that. It was a transaction that seems so simple. Almost in all religions, there's a great tr ceremony and a great hoopah about, you know, where he, where he's going to be inducted into the brotherhood of, of ancient squirrels or whatever, whatever group they're lining up, you know, and they have a big deal and the induction is this and now he gets to wear the headdress of the chief squirrel and, and it's all going to be, you know, now he's on the, the roll in the, the brass chart. Oh. Personally and by ourselves, we received the Zoe life of God into our beings and it never went out. It never burned out. It never blew out. We were and we are born again. And it happened. And everything that the word says happened did happen. The challenge is to believe what happened. We'd have believed it if they'd uh, inducted us with the, the, you know, with these garments and had the smoke go up and had the, you know, all the supernatural hoopla. But it just happened, just him and me. And you and him, it just happened. We didn't have a grand council where everybody stepped up to receive the new birth. It defies, it defies religion because it was so personal and so intimate and so different. Who knows what you said? You don't remember now probably, but it worked. It got you in. 
and we didn't have a script or a guide or, or whatever to say, you know, how do you pronounce this word? I want to get it just right so I don't miss it. It was like, honey, there, there's no words. Just surrender and he will come in. So the very thing that God is, we are. And that so defies us because it didn't change our outward body. Matter of fact, it didn't change our soul. It just changed the inward man. And we're not in that much good contact with our inward man. So why did Jesus come? John 10, 10. We know that, but let me just go there so I can go somewhere else. John 10, 10, Jesus said, he said, I am come that they might have life. Zoe, I am come. Why did you come, Lord Jesus? I am come that they might have life and have it to the overflow. They didn't even know what he was talking about. <laughs> they didn't know he had it. They just thought he was a great prophet and really a good guy. And, and he, he, he had lots of answers. So he came to restore what Adam had lost. The first Adam blew it. And all of us were affected. But the second Adam, Jesus, came and restored us to eternal light, life, which is the life of the eternal, actually. It's not longevity, it's quality. So we don't just have long life, we have the, his life, the life of the one who has long life. And that's who we are. So we are, we've been restored to Adam's class of being, and we don't even know what that is. If we didn't have the word, we wouldn't know what to do with what happened. And even with the word, you have all these splinters and all these different ideas and these different ways that people interpret it. Uh, the devil really helps us get it messed up. John 3, 3. Just bear with me. I just get this out. And we'll go. He said, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So there it's, it's, it's portrayed as an entrance, as a door, that there's no other way that you can get to the kingdom of God except to be born again. Lots of people try anything but to make Jesus Lord. And even now in churches, works, being good enough, hoping that you make it. Had an 86-year-old man that's been born again since he was very young. In my presence, he said, I just hope I've done enough. He was in my family. He just, I, I hope he, I've done enough. And all these years of being in the church that he didn't know that. So it's more, it's not just believing that Jesus is God. Let me say that again. It's not believing that Jesus is God. What, what does it say in, is it Ephesians says, even the devils believe and tremble. So believing that Jesus is God is not news. It's already on the street. So what the word talks about is how the old man is annihilated, annihilated, completely taken out of the way. And we acknowledge that we put off the old man. We acknowledge he's not in my life. So when people say, well, that's the, it's the old man coming out. Well, that's in your soul, isn't it? You're, you're, you're looking back to a memory, looking back to an experience, looking back to a habit. But he's not there. You have to revive him constantly to keep him there. And uh, so we went from darkness to life 
from deadness or to life. And here we are. So I want to I, I want to talk a little bit about this Zoe life, what it gives, what it does, what it's capable of. And it's it's something that's not really talked about too much in most identification. We're looking at the new man on in river teams and just. Oh, it's so good. But I'm looking at it from another view because there's a lot of views. Uh, the word calls it the finished work. We got to get out of the Old Testament where the old where the there was new no born again man. There was no new man. Everybody there was dead in their spirits, separated from the life, not dead in the sense of of graveyard dead, but nevertheless separated from all life. There was like Lynn said the other day, it's like like you go out into the forest and you cut that thing down, that tree, you just cut it down and there's the stump and there's the tree. And it looks like the only problem is, is it just needs to be connected. But the truth is that tree is is dead. It's dead. You don't have to call things that be not, although you would. It's dead. Everybody knows we have experience with that. It is dead because it's cut off from the life. Well, that's who we were, but that's not who we are. So if we would acknowledge the finished work and say, I'm a new man in Christ. I'm going to put on the new man. I'm going to put on the Lord Jesus. I'm going to acknowledge what has been done to me, even though I can't really tell you how it happened. I can't really tell you what came in and what went out and zip, zap, zowie. I really don't know, but I can tell you the word says it happened. I know it happened because I'm changed. I'm changed. We know that we're changed. We things we never did and things we always did. They reversed. And so we're changed. It is the greatest attribute in your life. I said the new birth is the greatest attribute in your life. You have nothing else to crow about, to brag about, to boast about, to say my daddy was a this and my family's got that and we own this and we go there and I'm smarter than a than a than a well, I can't, I'm not that smart, so I don't even know. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. It's it is the it is the absolute attribute of your life. And when we go out of this life, it's the only thing that'll be measured. Once we're measured that we're born again, which won't take the blinking of an eye, we will then then the reward part will come. Hallelujah. So don't think it's just that and just be a slug. The new birth is discovered. It's not seen. It's discovered. And when you discover it, because it's still not seen, you have to acknowledge it by faith. Just like the tree that's laying on the ground. Everybody that's been that's 10 years old would say that tree's gone. It's dead. Yeah, everybody. A thousand people walk by it. Is this tree dead or alive? They'll all confirm it. Well, you have to be that sure about the new birth. One really cool way is to go back and, and visit when 
you actually got born again. But in my case, there was no actual event. I just kind of slipped into it, I guess. It doesn't matter. Number one, the Zoe life of God makes us new beings. We are new creations in Christ. We're not like sinners. If they, if they have a 10 cent coupon in the, in the grocery store, they'll give them 10 cents off. And when you put yours up there, you'll get 10 cents off. But that's all that's the same in your life. Nothing else is the same. Zoe is what made you one with Christ. One with Jesus. It's the Zoe that melted us together in the new birth. If you can believe that a husband and a wife are one flesh, then you can even in that believe that you and the Lord Jesus are one spirit. We're, we're together and we're irretrievably bound. Eternal life, Zoe, delivers us from the devil's dominion. He can't touch this. Isn't there a song that says that? <laughs> he can't touch this. He can't. You go, well, he's been touching on me. Well, then you just don't know who you are and what you have and who you've been made. You just don't know. You don't know because if, if, you, if you knew who you were, you wouldn't put up with him. And more and more, that's our case, isn't it? We're not putting up with sickness like we may have in years past. We're not putting up with financial dearth. We're not. Our bills are paid. Our stuff is paid for. The car in the garage is mine. And the garage is mine. That's what we say. Amen. Eternal life delivers us from sin. It solves the sin problem. When Zoe comes in, the darkness of sin, and it is that, the darkness of sin is vanquished. Jesus thinks, and we do too, that he solved the sin problem. How did he do it? He came that we might have Zoe and have it to overflow. Anything that's overflowing doesn't allow anything to go back in. And so sin, you go, well, what about this and that? It's not a problem. We, we, if, if you do fall into the snare of sin, you just confess it. Get it out of your life. You don't wrestle it. You can't win wrestling any more than you could win at the new birth. Zoe settles the lack problem. Zoe has wealth. That's why people think I'm wealthy. This is by far not the first time this has happened, this story I told you. It is not the first time. Like Lynn said earlier, you can't lose with the stuff we use. It's just all over us. All of us. It's all over us. Nobody has a clue of what your financial statement looks like. But I can tell you, as Zoe flowed in, lack started flowing out. Zoe settles the sickness problem. Now, we can do without the electricity and maybe the water got turned off. But we got to have health and wholeness in our bodies. And Zoe is the answer. What is the answer? Well, I just got to pray harder. Nope. Well, I just got to go to church more. No, I got to read the Bible more. No, that's not it. You got to put Zoe in. 
Got to put Zoe in. This is Zoe. Jesus is Zoe and he is the word. Zoe makes us more than conquerors. Not just the devil, but everything. Zoe makes us partakers. And we could look at scriptures. We're just not tonight. But Zoe makes us partakers of God's ability. Demons are afraid of me. How about you? Ah, mountains that are in my way. <laughs> They're shaking and rattling and rolling because we're talking to them and they have no choice because of Zoe. Zoe makes us victorious. We always win. Say it with me. I always win. Come on, better. I always win. Now that's the truth. That's how, that is the truth. That's what stands up in heaven. That's what is being repeated in heaven is that uh, Susan always wins. Well, where'd you hear that? I heard it from her. And she was full of that, some kind of conviction. Amen. So we just start receiving Zoe in every form that it comes. You can receive it in the laying on of hands. You can receive it by a word of the Lord, but you can receive it through the the word of God. If you'll fill up on this, you'll be full of everything that's right and good to win. Amen. Isn't Jesus wonderful? He said, I have come not to deal with the sin problem. I've come that you might have life because once Zoe is in us, all the sin problem, all the lack problem, all the sickness problem is solved. He went to the root and he solved it all. So we have no excuse. Amen. Amen. It's what's in us. So that testimony that Deborah gave wasn't her intention. She didn't notice it in the mirror, I guess, when she left or whatever at the house. But every once in a while, the curtain gets pulled back and who you are and what you really are is seen and revealed. We talked about Sunday about Charles Finney going on to a railroad car in the 1800s and people just falling out saying, God, you convict me. Or saying, my God, you convict me, man. And just repenting of all sorts of sins. Going into a town and all the bars close up and they all go to church. The whole town gathers to hear the word. It's that presence. It's that Zoe. It's that, I guess you'd say, anointing. It's on you. Smith Wigglesworth. Everybody wants to be like him. I'd like to be like him, but what a price he paid to stay filled up. His, his testimony is amazing. So we're, we're going to pursue it. You're in church and you might say, well, I've been pursuing it if I've been in church, but now we're going to be focused on getting full. We're not going to be reading stories. Now, hear, well, hear me out. I want to make sure I get this right. We're not, we're not in the David and Goliath stories except to demonstrate principles. What we're in is stories that talk about who we are in Christ Jesus. That's where you're spending your time radiating the word like a mirror 
back into your spirit and being changed into another man. The Lord's called us out as a church. You, you knew you couldn't come here and just sit around like everybody else. We're going to heal the sick. We're going to have money everywhere. We do, we're going to do whatever is needful in this town. I, I came from a, uh, I had a friend that one time, his church was pretty big in Odessa, Texas, and uh, there was a thousand patrolmen uh, in the police force of Odessa. Excuse me, I don't, there's 1,200 of them, I believe. And they gave $1,000 to each one of them for Christmas. You think that didn't speak Jesus to a bunch of them? That a church, that a church would take that money that they all think, well, that should have gone to missions or that should have gone to... That's who we are. That's who we are. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, we're going to receive our midweek tithes and offerings.